0: Okay, and Tov. We continue with the last part of the Ormakif and the Orpanimi in the Das Hasphiros Rampage Shin Chav Vav. The last part tells us that of the two aspects of the surrounding light and the inner light, so the surrounding light which has lofty lights really is the aspect of the flow that's going to be in the world to come. Because when the world to come exists, it'll be the world will be filled with the knowledge of Hashem like the water of the seas that's concealing everything. So all those lights that were surrounding lights will now become the inner lights. And that's why we'll be filled of wisdom with Hashem. We will have Kalim in the next world that can hold maximum light. And it's inside of us. So that or ma'kif will now become the penimi without any restrictions. And that's why it says in the future, everyone will be scorched by his friend's canopy. What does that mean? Well, a chuppah canopy is an expression of the surrounding light that surrounds you. And everyone will be scorched by his friend's canopy because that other friend may have more of the or ma'kif that becomes internalized to the other guy. There'll be different levels of or that people will have that have become internalized. Now, what else connects to or The whole avoda of Amuna in Hashem is an aspect of surrounding light. Because why? Amuna is beyond what a person can understand. The essence of Amuna that we believe in things that we don't understand. Hashem can help us but it doesn't seem there's any possibility of being helped. And therefore, when you want to come to that essence of what Amuna is, means you're taking some of that or makif and you're putting it inside. Okay? That amuna really surrounds the person. But now you make it part of who you are and you live with Amuna. Living with a Muna is taking that Or makif that's beyond and you're putting some of it inside of you. And therefore, that's what the Arizal means to say every Shabbos, the Or HaMakif becomes internalized because Shabbos is So the Or now turns into the inner light. And you get a little bit more of that Or HaMakif internalized. And that's why Nowadays, our understanding of Amuna is mostly or makif because we don't live with that. And why is that? And that because it enables us to have free will choice. If the complete amuna was internalized, there'd be no free will choice. Only when Mashiach comes in the future, us in love, of, when we won't have free will choice. Then it'll be totally internalized. Then we don't need to have free will choice. But before that, what so therefore what really is happening is Amuna, there's different levels of Amuna. We have Amuna that, yeah, I have Amuna. Hashem can do it. I don't understand how. It's beyond what I can understand. And I I I accept there's this concept, but I really can't say I live with and for those people, that enables to have free choice. You, okay, have a munashem, that if you're not Machal Shabbos, you'll make a Parnasim. Well, some people just can't internalize it. They know it's true, but they can't live that. It's beyond, The idea is beyond them. Now, somebody who really can internalize that is bringing some of that in. And when you get to that point, then there's almost no free will choice. And it could come at a point in a person's life where there is no free will choice anymore. But that's with a lot of avoda. Yes, I would imagine some things you don't have free will choice anymore. No one's gonna be, someone's been keeping Shabbos his whole life and, and is never gonna be tempted by making extra money on Shabbos. But generally speaking, there's some aspects of Amunah that are beyond us. And therefore, because we have not internalized this there's always gonna be some area of free will choice for us to make. So this is uh, the, end of the Or Matgif and Or Panimi. We now move on to the final two chapters. Very short ones. Chapter 23 now discusses the letters of the Torah, the cantillation notes, the nekudos, the dots, and the crowns on top of the letters. That's what this... uh, chapter 23 is going to discuss from a Kabbalistic perspective and then chapter 24 which is even shorter talks about the 22 letters of the Torah specifically so again a lot of this is beyond us but some ideas make sense and we have to start with a little bit of an introduction we have to realize the Hebrew language is called Loshon HaKodesh is the holy tongue What makes it holy, and therefore, what makes it so untranslatable? Okay. And we'll begin with some words of Lutzado. He says, in God's conduct of the world, world, there's two aspects. One is, so to speak, the aspect of thought, which is the root of creation, and that's the will of Hashem to create a world. And to maintain that world. And there's a second aspect, is the actual, so to speak, speech from which the world was created. As the Pusik says, Bidvar Hashem, by the word of Hashem, the Nasu. Heavens were created. Just like by a person, when a person thinks it's concealed, nobody knows what you're thinking, even though. You're planning on doing something right away, but as long as it's in your mind, nobody knows what you're doing, but in your mind, you have a clear picture of what's happening, and only when you speak is what you're thinking being revealed, so too, when it comes to God's conduct, there's, so to speak, an aspect of thought which is concealed, and the whole shape gets revealed through God's speech. And through the speech of Hashem, it says, through ten utterances was the world created. And every utterance was using letters of the Torah. Now again, God doesn't talk per se. These are all anthropomorphic terms. God does not talk. There's no way for him to talk. Okay, it's beyond talk. It's the source of talking. But these are words to make us understand on some level what's going on and therefore what is the act of speech the act of speech is taking what's in your mind and letting the rest of the world know what's on your mind it's communication god was thinking again whatever thinking means by god he loves he's a giver he wants to create a world of goodness and kindness and he was thinking he's going to make a world that way but nothing materialized yet. And then he, he, he says, or now he reveals, what his will is. So, just like, so the, like and when I am talking, I am telling you what my will is. And then from that speech comes direction as to what happens next. I could say, you know, I could love one of you guys so much, but you have no idea how much I love you. Just, just talking. Then now if I say, Daniel, I love you more than you'll ever know. Whoa. And just to show it, here is a check for a million dollars. Whoa. Now, a minute ago, it did a Daniel time. didn't know that. <laughs> he likes to describe him with what does, what does he care about me? All of a sudden, I revealed it with the speech. And then I backed it up with action. So to speak, lahavdil. A Kodesh Baruchu loves the creation that he's about to create. So therefore he says it, but how does he say it? By taking the letters of the Aleph base, he creates the world. And those are the letters of the Torah. Now, of course, Hashem doesn't need to do any of this, but this is the expression. So, Bereishis, Barah, Elohim, Es, Hashemite, is the whole first chapter of creation. Hashem is taking these letters and this is this way of revealing God's desire as it comes to be materialized in the creation of the world this is all from Lutzado ok, it needs a lot of explanation, what is Lutzado saying so to begin is when Hashem wants to bring a good flow of energy into this world creative energy it happens with the 22 letters of the alphabet in general, and specifically with the root of that, which is, which is Hashem's name, yud heh which is source of all creation. Okay? And that is, so to speak, these lights, these letters create a light. I'll explain this all in a minute. And that's why the, uh, the Torah is called the tool of uh, God's... Um, tool of uh, the, the artisan's tools of a Kodesh Baruch. Just like a carpenter has a hammer, and nails, and this. So God's tools are the letters of the alphabet. Okay. So what's going on over here? So let's try to explain this idea. And the difference between the the Hebrew language, which is a terrible definition, it's not the Hebrew language. Just don't call it Hebrew language and HaKadosh that's all you cannot translate that into English the holy tongue terrible it's just and HaKadosh okay those letters how is Aleph Beis Gimbal different than A, B, C, D, E, F, G might say not much one's for Israelis and one's for Americans furthest thing from the truth and that's the whole problem when a secular person looks at the Hebrew alphabet that's what he thinks it is it's not The regular secular Alphabets Have only one purpose To use an orthography That expresses What people say So a person goes Buh. So how In America is Buh. How does that turn out in a paper A B And that's all it is Now I don't know any other language. But I'm sure in Chinese, they also have to go all right? Or maybe they just discuss it with a words. I'm not at all proficient with the Chinese language. But there's different orthographies that, def- that tell you how to, what sound comes out of it. Now, of course, the Hebrew language does that too, but it does much more. So the example I always like to give is when we look at the periodic table, okay? Remember that? Uh, I believe that's called physics. Chemistry. No chemistry sorry See how long it is chemistry <laughs> chemistry so can chem- so now if you look at the periodic table the first letter is H right that's hydrogen right now if you put a subscript 2 next to it it tells me there's two uh, what two atoms or whatever uh, two somethings of hydrogen. You put an O, that's oxygen. Okay, now what is H2O? Water. water. It's water. <coughs> so is water H? Take a bunch of H's, I'll take two H's and one O and I'll have water. No, the H is just telling me it's a code word for hydrogen. So what really pro- does the letters H2O create water? Of course not. <coughs> it's the two hydrogen atoms with the one oxygen atom that makes water. And a bunch of bonds. What? And bonds between them. And whatever. <laughs> bonds. Whatever. But we got. If you got some H2 over o- here, doesn't do very much for you. And O over here. Well, oxygen's good, but. So, I guess only H would get a hydrogen bomb. I don't know. But anyway, so... Bond, but when, bond, B-O-N-D bond. And I understand. So, the point is, but those letters, so in chemistry, those letters are not just letters. They're reflecting the primary elements of existence. And when you string them together, you can create all kinds of realities. So, the Lashon HaKodesh, is the periodic table that's behind the periodic table. In other words, scientists have identified hydrogen. They've identified oxygen. You could see the molecules, whatever, under a microscope, whatever. But what's behind that? They don't know. Where does that come from? Where's hydrogen? But It's there. Torah says, (coughs) no. It's from, it's from the letters Mem, Yud, Mem, Mayan. Two, ma, two atoms, whatever, of Mem and one of Yud. So we'd write in Hebrew, instead of H2O, if we're really doing it way, we'd go, me, uh, we'd do, uh, Uh, mem to yud but we don't do that we just say mine so when the letters mine came from God's mouth so to speak it was the energy that's behind oxygen and hydrogen and those letters came into the world and those are holy letters of God's creative talents which are beyond what we can understand And therefore, when God says he wants water, he he took out of his uh, periodic table the 22 letters of the alphabet, and now he strung them together in a way that creates a world. Now, there's some ways beyond what we can understand. Mime's a cute example because it works really nice, but it's much more complex than that. But every letter represents a spiritual energy of Hashem. That's beyond our understanding. And when we look at a world down here with actual oxygen and water, we know that in the higher plane of existence, the source of all that is two letters men and one letter you. And that's the and that is now not just how to say words. That's the source of reality. So an olive is not just a way to pronounce words. Take take a mem and a yud and a mem. Oh, it happens to say mine, and that's the word we use for water. No, we because mine is telling us the root of water is Hashem's will. Using whatever the letter mem means on the highest realm of existence, is it comes down into this world together with the yud, comes out as water. But on a higher realm, it's something beyond what we can ever understand. That's why it's called the holy tongue. The holy language. It's not just used to communicate. It is describing the essence of reality. And therefore, with ten utterances, the world was created. Means to say that Hashem, by using the power of speech ten times by Yomer, Hashem was, and, and the Lord said, meaning the Lord is revealing to us that through these holy letters comes the that, world that's down over here as it exists. Okay, So that makes this language a very special thing. In the secular world, people sat down and came up with a conventional understanding. How are we going to communicate? It still is a, 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 an incredibly difficult. No one knows when the first language came into being. Ask any scientist, historian, where did French come from? I'm sure you don't have an answer to that. They can't can't because they don't believe in the Torah if you believe in the Torah now you have the answer the whole world until the year 1996 was all Lashon Kodesh with a little bit of Aramaic but Lashon Kodesh. not until the Tower of Babel did new languages created. okay and that means it was a great descent for the rest of mankind. Because now, instead of, and, and that's why they were able to make the Tower of Babel. How could they make such a high tower? How did they think they could fight against God? Because they knew the secrets of the letters. They it was, it was like atomic energy of the letters. And they knew what those letters were. God said, this is not a good thing. This is too much intelligence for them. They're using that to rebel against me. I'm gonna make give them just simple language. You have to speak French, you speak Spanish. It's not, now it's just how do you communicate with each other? And so that's the source. But no one will agree to that because it's from the Bible. Of course, the Bible is, is, is religion and we don't believe in religion. So go will try to find out from other people, how do they know to talk from French? How do they know to communicate with each other? But the point is, it just doesn't fit in at all. Now, therefore, since the Hebrew language Again, Lashon HaKodesh is inherently an existential expression of reality as opposed to other languages, which is just by convention. I decide to say that this word means this. When I want to tell you to move, I say move, M-O-V, And that's all there is to it. But Jew understands, wait, to do that you need all kinds of energies. You wanna be whole Well, you gotta invest all kinds of spiritual energies to be able to move. No one moves on their own. It's Hashem's will that has you move. And that's what the holy tongue is telling us. That's very important because once we speak the holy tongue, we understand we're living life on a different understanding. There are two parallel universes. There's the universe we see here, very simple and physical. But there's a the parallel universe is the spiritual source <coughs> of all that. That's all in the Lashon HaKodesh. Now, it, it, and this plays out interestingly in a difference in halacha. Let's so say this has a halacha aspect. Let's say a person does not know Hebrew at all. You cannot speak Hebrew. Okay. So now, what if I wanna say the Kriya And I don't know a word of Hebrew. It's a mitzvah to say, Shema Yisrael Hashem O'Kin Hashem So what do you do? What do you do if you don't know that? Well, say it in the language you understand. Hear, O Israel, the Lord. uh, uh, um, uh, (coughs) It's hard to do in English. (laughs) Hashem, God, our Lord, God is one. The law is, if you use a foreign language, you must understand the words that you're saying as you say them. If you just say them and you're not thinking, you have not done the mitzvah. But if you say Shema Yisrael Hashem Elkein Hashem Echad Bidhyeved Bidhyeved you don't even know what you're saying You fulfill the mitzvah. Why is that? Because the Hebrew letters is the reality. Even though you don't know what you're saying, you've done something. It's like when you take the chemicals, if you happen to somehow stumble upon two atoms of H and one of O, and you don't know what the heck you're doing, but you mix it up, look, you made water. Even though you don't know what you're doing. But if you go in the lab and take two letters H and one letter O and put them together, it doesn't do anything. So, when, you, when you're saying Shema Yisrael in English That's nothing <clears throat> Unless you at least understand What that really means But if you're using the Hebrew language By definition The, the letters work for you And therefore why? Because it, it, you're touching on the essence And therefore you got to be awfully careful When you talk Lashon HaKodesh When you are saying words In Lashon HaKodesh That you are, you are in your mouth Is the tools of creation That's why what's the most important mitzvah? Learning Torah. What's the worst of ever? Wash Because when you're learning Torah, you're taking atomic energy, spiritual atomic energy, and you're creating an atomic, uh, what do you call it, energy source, an atomic plant that will now give power to the whole city. When you're learning Torah, you're generating power throughout the universe. In the holy language. What is it when you're talking lashon you are now destroying it. That's why lashon is such a terrible, terrible avera. Even if you're saying it in English, it's terrible because you know we know what you're meaning. We know what you're meaning because when you talk lashon you know what you're saying. You can't say, no, "I didn't know I was talking lashon What do you mean? You said the guy's stupid. You know what stupid means. And you know what that guy means. So You said that guy is stupid. That's still, it has energy. Okay, so that, that's why we, we have to realize this is not a small thing. And that's why we're so particular about so many things. Certainly when we're reading from a Torah. Um, we have to be, we'll see less soon. Why we're so particular about it. Because we're creating all kinds of energies when we're reading from a Torah. Okay, now it comes out Loshon HaKodesh really is revealing the lights that are hidden inside the letters. In other words, when I talk about Mayim, I got a holy tongue saying men, yud, men. I see water, but when I use the word Mayim, I'm not only saying it's water, I'm saying it's water, that's coming from the holy roots of whatever the letter mem expresses of God's energy, whatever the letter yud expresses, and just like there's water down here, there's water up, the source of the water is up there. And that's not susceptible to climate change. Only if God decides to change the climate, and it does. Because depending on what we do, the water will come down the water will not come down. That's all based on the Torah. So now, this is also, the Tanya talks a lot about this in his Sefer, and uh, his uh, uh, That's another one of the works. The Tanya is one work. He's a lot of works. And he reflects on the Pesach in Tehillim. <clears> Hashem, <throat> your words forever stand in the heavens. What does that mean? So he brings them to the Baal when Hashem said Yehi Rakiah Let there be a firmament bisol mine within the waters And we'll call that Shemayim Those letters Those letters of Yehi Are standing forever And making the Rakiah The Rakia. When you look out at the sky Why is the sky not falling? What do you mean why is the sky not falling? Because the sky is there No, no, no You know why it's not falling? Because Hashem is still saying, "Let there be a Rivka in the Shemai. The letters are still talking. Because when God talks, He doesn't talk once; it's an eternal thing. The fact that the sky is what it is is because every moment Hashem is saying, "Let there be light," "Let there be Lord," "By the light, everything." Hashem is saying, "It's His word. The word is the manifestation of His will. This is what He wants. This is what He's expressing." This is his kindness to the world, and that's how these things are happening. And certainly if God would decide to be quiet, that would be the end of the world. There would be nothing left. So this is just an introduction to the holy language. Why it's called, it's interesting, it's not called Loshon HaKadosh, but Loshon HaKodesh. It's invested with holiness it's 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 taking all the energies that are beyond we can understand and no scientist can understand this it's a metaphysical reality the scientists can only get to us the atomic level maybe subatomic level but beyond the atomic level they can never they can never understand that okay so therefore but we when we say every letter and we look at the torah we're now talking the torah it's like you're 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 you've got the blueprint of atomic energy. When it says that God looked in the Torah and created the world, that's exactly what He did. He, he used those letters again. Why does God have to use letters? That's only so we can get deeper understanding of what a Kabbalist world is all about, and what when He gives us insight, of what the letters really mean. That's that's where all these things can happen. Okay, that is what we call an overview for everything. Which will now set us up For looking specifically When you look at the Sefer Torah There's four aspects You've got the letter The shape of the letter What else do we got? We got Now in the Sefer Torah That's well no Then we got crowns On top of some of the letters That's the second aspect That's all you're going to see in the Sefer Torah But Hashem told Moshe You're also gonna pronounce those letters with certain vowelizations, certain dots. And then there's a musical note called the ta'amim. how you sing the note, which is not just musical note, it's also punctuation. And say the mystics that this is all reflective of reality, of the four dimensions of reality. And therefore, when you've got, for example, how, like we say, every person is a letter in the Torah. Every person's, their spiritual source is a letter in the Torah. Because what is every letter of the Torah? Well, what is every person? Every person's got a body, nefesh. Then we got levels, uh, a goof body. Then levels of soul, lowest level, nefesh. That's the animalistic soul. Then ruach, spirit, higher level, spirituality. And then higher level neshama, intellectual, spiritual, completely spiritual, separated Mm -hmm. from the body. So therefore, every letter, the letter itself by itself is the body. It corresponds to the goof, to the body. The little crown on top, which uh, gives it much more um, meaning, so to speak, more definition is That parallels the nefesh the the first level of soul that's still attached to the body so to speak and then we've got the dots uh, below that give it sound, that's like the ruach, the speech because an aleph doesn't say anything put it on me, oh that's ruach, that's more spirituality, and then finally the cantorial notes parallel the neshav now, which parts can you see, which parts can't you see? In the Sefer Torah, you only can see the letters and the tagging. That means what are you exposed to, the body, and the fact I got a soul that keeps me alive. But the other two parts, you don't see it in the Sefer Torah. You don't see it in the human body either. And that's why this, that, so that's a little opening. We will continue this uh, tomorrow, Mirzah Okay. Okay.